Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture?
Welcome to this segment of Real Life Stories. It's under our spiritual category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. This is a story about a man called Noel who has beaten all the odds of generational curses that were stacked against him before he was born. This story is something we can all learn from, that our actions, which become our habits, can be passed down to our children. You don't have to give birth to the next Noel. You can learn from his past. You see, Noel didn't have a choice in what kind of hand he would play with after he was born. He was born into a drug dealing family. His grandfather was a kingpin, dealing in marijuana and cocaine from Jamaica to Florida. Before Noel was born and unbeknownst to his mother, the spirituality she explored before Noel's birth invoked demonic spirits. She ignorantly opened herself up to the demonic realm and to witchcraft. The odds were stacked against him even before he had started. From his childhood to his late 20s, Noel had to deal with living in unstable homes as a child, several stepfathers, nightmares, demonic attacks, and so much paranormal activity. And this was just the beginning. His childhood trauma cascaded into teenage addictions from sex, pornography, alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, and anything else he could land his hands on, not to mention a couple of out-of-body experiences. In moments of despair, he would always cry out to the God of the Bible, whom he had never really known about. He was only tagging on the memory of the Lord's Prayer that his grandmother had taught him as a child and his few attendances to Catholic Church as a child. Fast forward, Noel shares a unique memory after he had started reading the Bible, specifically the Gospels of Jesus Christ. He couldn't stop reading the Gospels. In fact, in one incident, Noel was out on a boat, snorting as much cocaine as he could with a friend, but all he did was talk about this guy called Jesus that he had been reading about in the Bible. Eventually, and inevitably, these truths of Jesus Christ took root in Noel's heart, and he was delivered from all his addictions, his cursed inception, and his haunted past. Noel now lives his life as a living testimony. While he is up wiring complex buildings around town, he shares the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who feel lost. Coming up on our next episode. From that point on, I just kind of kept reading scripture. I, I was still doing drugs. I was still partying. Um, and it got to the point where, like, I think I, I mentioned in the last episode that I, I had this one day where I was on a boat and I just did so much cocaine. And it just, it was, there's something different about that experience. I just, I was talking about Jesus on the boat while I was doing the cocaine too. And I remember this drug dealer looking at me and going, man, like, this, he was just kind of like, you're I, really high. I was so high. <laughs> I was just going it's, off about Jesus Christ, man. The culture today is so sexually charged. 
Yes. And it's gotten to a point whereby we're seeing kids as young as, you know, in kindergarten and uh, grade, you know, kindergarten, you know, grade one, two, three, they are opening up their minds to, to sexually explicit content in the, uh, in the disguise of, or in the guise of, oh, this is sexual education for them to know about these things, but it is very graphic um, to the point where uh, you have some of these uh, sex ed syllabuses with very graphic images about um, anal sex and, and, and all of these things that a young child's mind can be destroyed Oh, yeah. I've just seen it with you uh, in the sense of your exposure to pornography. Mm-hmm. Someone might say, well, at the end of the day, if you're going to teach a young child and, and you're going to show them images of, of, of sexual activity and showing them pictures of how they can do anal sex or vaginal sex or all, all of these things, it could almost be the same thing as when you walked into the mechanic shop with, with pornography oh, posters. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Same thing. It's the same thing. It, it when, not... when you walked into the mechanic shop, you did not think that, okay, this is sex ed or this is pornography. You saw images. No, I saw images. When sin was sin And I remember when wrong was wrong And I remember when we all fell short And got back up Much quicker than the fall Well I'm praying that you open our eyes Praying that you open our eyes again
This is episode 7 of Noel's story, and we're picking up right from where the last episode ended. We're back, and wow, this is this has been a roller coaster. I think that was a much that was a much needed break in between there because I was, yeah, tears had started to. It, it, this is I've never heard of anything like this, and I've always. You know, you hear people's stories and, and they, you're not like really close to them. Mm -hmm. But for me, this hits home because you've become like a brother to me. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, we're brothers in Christ. We, we, we bonded around that and uh, our relationship um, has grown. So, you know, you are a brother of mine. Uh, and... I, the thought that a brother of mine had to go through this is crushing. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, you know, God at the time I didn't know, but God had somehow been giving me 
you've given me so much grace to go through all of this. Um, like if I didn't have my family when I was younger that would come in when my mom would fall apart, you know, um, there's just so many little things that God has set in place to help cushion these fatal blows. They are. And you were just talking about the story with Emily, yeah, your, your sister, and, 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 and you guys finding out that your mom's knight in shining armor was the worst of them all, and, mm -hmm. and he was sexually abusing her from the age of five to nine mm -hmm. and dragging her and also doing the same to your mom so that your mom wouldn't find out. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but take just a few minutes of your time just to say the culture today is so sexually charged. Yes. And it's gotten to a point whereby we're seeing kids as young as, you know, in kindergarten and uh, grade, you know, kindergarten, you know, grade one, two, three, they are opening up their minds to, to sexually explicit content in the, uh, in the disguise of, or in the guise of, oh, this is sexual education for them to know about these things. But it is very graphic um, to the point where uh, you have some of these uh, sex ed syllabuses with very graphic images about um, anal sex and, and, and all of these things that a young child's mind can be destroyed. Oh, yeah. I've just seen it with you uh, in the sense of your exposure to pornography. Mm -hmm. Someone might say, well, at the end of the day, if you're going to teach a young child and, and you're going to show them images of, of, of sexual activity and showing them pictures of how they can do anal sex or vaginal sex or... All of, all of these things. It could almost be the same thing as when you walked into the mechanic shop with, with pornography oh, posters. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Same thing. It's the same thing. It, it when, not... when you walked into the mechanic shop, you did not think that, okay, this is sex ed or this is pornography. You saw images. No, I saw images. They were very hardcore images, might add, dude. Not images that you would see in the sex education class. It was like, it's full on hardcore, um, but but we 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 there is uh, uh, the people who are pushing back against some of these curriculums. Uh, I've I've had the opportunity to get some of these curriculums, and they are graphic. Yeah, they, really. They're, they're not just talking about it. They are actually showing you where uh, anal sex penetration is happens. Mm. How uh, how you what you should do what you should what you should use not just anal sex vaginal sex but it's all these things kids are being shown these images so for me the point is yes pornography maybe is 
something that's online on, on, on a pornographic website, but the only thing that's changing between those images is that you're now taking them and slapping them under a different level. It's still explicit. It's still explicit content that if you expose yourself to such kind of content at a very young age, it can destroy you. Yeah, it's interesting because the Bible says all sin is without the body, but fornication you sin, it's it's sin with it, it's sin in the body, or you sinneth against the body. Um, fornication, essentially all sexual activity outside of the marriage covenant, is is I believe the floodgate uh, of sin. Like uh, once you normalize fornication, um, everything else comes down like a house of cards eventually. Like you would never be able to normalize murder and then every other sin come crashing down with it. You would never be able to normalize like lying to that degree or, or adultery or even, even like adultery. But if you can normalize sex outside of marriage, you essentially have created, you've taken the most pleasurable gift that God has given us and you have normalized it outside of its protective context and you've now taken something that was meant to have purpose plus pleasure and it's been reduced to strictly pleasure and exchange. And when you reduce the most pleasurable experience on earth and you, you take the purpose out of it and you normalize um, that, um, then you can so easily defile uh, nations um, through that. Yes, and the 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 other thing is what people forget is they think that they're just giving people their rights. They're just giving them liberty. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, oh, let the kids do what they want to do. Let's let you know expose the, even teenagers. Like oh, just let let you know like they have to know about you know just expose them to these things. And 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 the thing of of Jordy, the knight in shining armor, who was deceptive. Doing this to five year old to you know to to your little sister, people forget that uh, some seeds must have been planted. There was a sexual charge that him that he was also exposed to, right? So I, I honestly don't know um, because it could have it could have been, you know, obviously he was exposed to pornography. Absolutely, absolutely, but his own. You know, he his own sick and twisted, like sinful lusts could have just been looking at a young kid. Yeah. And um, could have started searching for opportunities to explore that that desire. Uh, he may not have been exposed to child porn. Yeah. He may have sought it. He might have sought it. And, and the thing that I'm trying to say is that it, it, it never starts at the... When people hear the, the, the worst case scenario, yeah. they always think it started from there. No, it, it started from... A, it's from, building blocks. Yeah, it's building blocks. Yeah. So, so you, you, when, when culture is trying to normalize sex and... Uh, it, leads, uh, it leads to pedophilia being normalized it, eventually. It, it, Exactly. Down it, the road, it, it will. It, 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 down the road, it will. It ha it, there's, there's, it's, it's just inevitable. Yeah. It's just inevitable. The next step is going to be yeah. uh, people who say, you know, like. Well, they're already making sex dolls that look like children for, for pedophiles. 
like very realistic uh, robotic sex dolls. So they're already catering to the uh, to the the perversion. But people think that you can stop once you open the floodgates of perversion. That you can st that once you open the floodgates, that there's a certain point that as long as uh, people kind of have their like like if you don't lock the gates, that once you open those gates, that somehow down the line people just kind of stop going down the worst path, right? Like 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 oh like they things won't just get worse and worse and worse to a point where I'd be like, how did we even get here? They think that, oh, just open the floodgates and people will somehow at a certain point be like, okay, instead of going uh, the, the whole mile, I will just, you know, go 100 meters or like, the, but, but it's just inevitable that the human flesh cannot be contained. And the moment you open it up to this thing, it's just going to want more and more. And you're going to start uh, searing your conscience and you, you start to lose any objectivity in what is right, what is wrong, what is moral and what is immoral. And my only concern, well, not my only concern, is when we normalize sex at a level where it's like, okay, yeah, you can you can walk how you want, you can dress how you want, you can expose what you want because it's your body, my yeah. body, my choice, um, is it's affecting society at a different rate. So when all when not everyone who watches pornography uh, ends down the path of pedophilia, but the point is that they're indirectly it, supporting a behavior that destroys humanity. Yes, they're supporting a behavior that that is destructive. Exactly, and and also it's almost they're like, advocating for it for it. Absolutely, yeah. And, but it's also like you don't know. Okay, if you're gonna let ten people, if you're gonna just normalize pornography and say okay 10 people it's okay just go watch it consume as much as you want you do not know that all those people are going to watch it kind of like they're going to escalate to the same degree that like they all won't go down that path maybe that set of 10 people will will just stop at watching a certain kind of pornography and they won't step into pedophilia but it's just inevitable that the curious mind is, yeah. is, is going to yeah, want to yeah. is going to want to find out and say oh what is happening in these other types a of little porn? a little bit of like like i've heard it expressed like this like you you have two glasses of milk and and you can have a, a vial of lethal poison you put one drop of of lethal poison in one glass of milk and 10 drops of lethal poison in another glass of milk and it's both glasses of milk are going to kill you Exactly. Right? So a little bit of leave-in, leave-in if the whole lump. Right? Yeah. A little bit of leave-in, leave-in is the whole lump. So uh, a little bit of sin will infect the whole batch. Uh, you know, it's so obvious um, that all this, all this sin in the Bible, that everything that is described as missing the mark of God uh, will always manifest negative repercussions. You will always eventually see the outcome of a behavior and the fruit thereof, right? Fornication, you you may not see it right away. Give it give it a couple of years, you know, and you'll it'll, you'll start to see the the destruction of it. You're gonna get unwanted pregnancies. You're gonna get STDs. You're gonna have emotional scars. You know, someone's going to get raped or a wife's going to get cheated on or a husband or, you know, all sexual evil happens outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. All sexual evil happens outside of the marriage covenant. So, and yeah, 
it's you know so so much could be said on yeah. the topic so and, let's let's uh let's kind of go back to yeah so to, to that part so yeah we got the news um what happened with my mom and my brother and i were shocked at the same time we weren't surprised and you know life just kind of moved on we dealt with it and um that family tragedy just uh also uh, stopped the business that we were starting with the hot sauce and so that went down the tubes and um so a lot a lot happened from it you know and it even it backfired on my mom in such a sick way that the family, dis, like her own sisters and mother and father almost disowned her in a weird way. Like they felt so much, they felt bad for her and, and they supported her for a bit. But then like, it's almost like they turned on her and like felt complete shame for their daughter. And like, just like, it was a we it was weird. They just turned on her. And uh, it's been kind of like that on and off her, her whole life because she was a black sheep, but for them to kind of do a 180 on her this time um, when it really wasn't her fault this time. It really wasn't. It really wasn't her fault this time. Mm. Uh, it, the, the, the reaction from the family was disgusting. Um, but yeah, so we, we dealt with it and uh, Emily's doing a lot better now. My mom is doing a lot better now by the grace of God and uh, Christ is slowly opening up their hearts. Um, yeah, so from that point on, I just kind of kept reading scripture. I, I was still doing drugs. I was still partying. Um, and it got to the point where, like I think I, I mentioned in the last episode that I, I had this one day where I was on a boat and I just did so much cocaine and it just, it was, there's something different about that experience. I just, I was talking about Jesus on the boat while I was doing the cocaine too. And I remember this drug dealer looking at me and going, man, like this, he was just kind of like, you're I, really high. I was so high. <laughs> I was just going it's, off about Jesus Christ, man. And God will have you talking about him while you're, yeah, you're, you're right. a mess. <laughs> oh my God. That's the thing is that he will. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, this is your time. I'll have my own day to talk. Um. So, yeah, I remember getting off that boat and just being. I felt like a total grease ball. I felt like grease ball before, but that was it. Was like new level grease, like high level grease ball. And um, was that the something? Most something kind of just changed. That you you you'd probably done? in in the short span of time, Could, like congested yeah um like compressed uh i had over longer periods of time you know but yeah. that was like a very short compressed how like, many hours were you guys out on the boat i think four i don't know I, I can't even remember like but it was started like right at noon and ended at like 9 10 p.m at night so um i was like numb like I would do a, like a, a big line and I wouldn't even feel it at the end of the night. It wouldn't even do anything to me. You're at that point where you're like huffing a cigarette so hard. You're just trying to like feel something from the cigarette just to get like a little rush back into your brain. You're like literally huffing the smoke so hard, like you're power puffing it. So you could just get a, a 
try to get more a out of spark it. in your brain of that coke that you want to feel because um, you go numb after a while so anyways yeah that that night something happened it just i still did cocaine after that night but something shifted something definitely shifted that night and um you know i ended up uh having trauma in my back um from an injury that i received a couple of years before and that injury also was plummeting me into depression because it would flare up it would cause me to miss work i was getting super depressed about my job about not knowing what I was going to do in the future. Like I felt like I was a failure in my career. I, I was missing work for cocaine. I was missing work because of my back issues. I was missing work because of depression. I was missing work because of family issues. And so like th these things were piling up on me and I was getting desperate. I was getting spiritually desperate and I just knew I needed something. I like deep down, I'm like, I just need, I need something outside of myself like to deal with this. And, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I ended up meeting this woman um, and I, I met her and we, we started talking and I explained to her my back issues and she referred me to this chiropractor. She said she worked at this chiropractor office and she said, if, if, if your back is truly the way it is, you'll come and see this man. And I ended up getting the name of the clinic. I met her in a sauna, so I had to like run out of the sauna, get a lifeguard to write the name of this clinic down because so, I didn't have a pen or paper in a sauna yeah. and I ended up falling in love with this girl like right then and there I'm like like this is like the, a woman that I want to be with like I, I don't know like I was a, a love bug you know I was always seeking the, <laughs> the next like, lo like love of my life at the same time as being a fornication like hound um, like I always wanted that one girl at the same time while I was like seeking that one I was seeking them all yeah right seven backups it's like you want the one. With yeah, I, want, I wanted the one, but, but, while, but during the time of searching for her, I wanted them all. Yeah. Right? So it was kind of like that. And um, so anyways, I waited till my back, uh, my hip seized again. Because um, it was like, at this point, it was happening once every like month to three months. And so my the next injury I had, I actually went in to see this chiropractor, right? And, I, and he started to actually heal me. Like God was using his him and his skill to help me yeah and um and so i started to develop a relationship with this girl that i met because uh, she worked there she was a receptionist um, the girl from the sauna and i ended up starting to have feelings for her and um i remember you know we started hanging out and uh my drug use had had slowed down a bit at this point i was still using though and um still watching porn and stuff like that and still you know chasing other girls and prostitutes and stuff like that and I, I remember having a night with her where I was like getting to know her and she I felt this vibe from her that it wasn't going anywhere like this girl that I really liked special feelings for more than any other girl I felt I just thought in my mind like this is not gonna happen and I got pretty upset. And I, I remember leaving her house and going to a bar. I met with my friend at the bar and we drank. We got a bag of Coke and we started doing it. And that night, this was three and a half years ago in December. That night, and, and here's the thing. Like I had been opening up Jesus even to her at the chiropractic. Like I was, t I told her like, I'm, I'm you know, 
reading the Bible. I'm, I'm considering the claims of Christianity. And we would, he, this girl and I would even talk about Jesus a little, you know, and she knew a little bit about him, but she believed more in the new age style of Jesus, universal Christ, we're all Christ, you know, this new age version. And I would correct her. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> this is not, this is not the Jesus of the Bible. And uh, so anyways, I left her that night. I go to the bar, I do coke and I go home that night and Normally, I would either be watching porn, I would have gotten a hooker, I would have masturbated, hmm. but I didn't do none of those three things, but I, I went home high on coke, but I had no desire for those things. Like, not, it was really weird. It was abnormal. And uh, I didn't know it then, and I didn't plan for it then, but that was the last night that I did coke, and I never masturbated, watched porn, or got a hooker since that, since before before so that was like there was something that happened that night that just sealed those three those, those four addictions wow and i didn't plan for that that's a part and i wasn't a born again christian yet that's the part god you were reading the word i was reading the word and i was like i was like see the word i was using the word in chris in in this woman's life because she had a son with a man who you basically ditched them. Yeah. And I was seeing all these issues in her life and with her son and with with bastard children because I was a bastard ch child. And I was taking the word. And I haven't even gotten past the Gospels at this point. I haven't even gotten past the book of Acts. I just read the four Gospels. And I was able to take the word of the Gospels and filter out all of her bad thinking. And she was coming to Revelation. She was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That does make sense why that's wrong. So I was able to use the word, yes. not being a born again Christian, to take these, my lifestyle, her lifestyle, and show how it's wrong. As well, a, I wasn't even born again yet. And, and, and she was coming to understanding. <laughs> and you're preaching the gospel. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm not, I'm not born again, but I'm not preaching... The gospel, but I'm preaching the wisdom behind it. You appreciate it, the, yeah, right. So, um, and just and I think at the time, just because you were confessing it and speaking it out of your mouth, it had more power. You don't. I you wasn't don't, afraid to talk about it. Yeah, yeah but you don't realize that you were almost even preaching to yourself. <laughs> I was solidifying the doctrine by looking at all the crap in the world and being hammering it with truth. Wrong, 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 wrong. Jesus, right, 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 right. I was able to take all this, all the junk that I could, was seeing in my own life, in her life, in, in the life of everyone around me. And I was able to, this is wrong because the Bible says so and it makes sense. It just makes sense. Like, yeah. right? It makes sense why it's wrong. And um, so anyways, that was the last night I did those things. Well, wow, and God. Um, praise God. And uh, so anyways, I ended up actually start, I started dating that girl and we started reading the Bible together and we started uh, kind of going into Christianity together. And it was more unpleasant for her, though. It was more of a challenge for her. And I remember being very frustrated with her 
because I was like, I was like closer and getting closer to being born again. And, and for her, I had to, it was, I had to break through these barriers with her, like these satanic barriers. And it was frustrating me. And we were living in sin. We were living in fornication. Like I see, that's the thing. In the Gospels, I don't think it's very clear that fornication's a sin. It's it, there's not a scripture that's very obvious in the four Gospels that makes a hardcore conviction of it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. I. There may be one. Um. There's a. There's. There are a few, but it, I think the way. Jesus, the, 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 that that which comes out of the heart is evil, adultery, yeah, fornication, yeah, right? Yeah, but the, but also like when 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 Jesus is talking about them, like when when you read how when you look at them, I think for him he was when he attacked all sins, he he would not speci- like they'll come to him and say, for instance, oh master, like what you know, like yeah, like like like. Oh, why, why is so and so doing something like this? Or they'll say something like, um, uh, um, you know, we 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 wash our hands before we eat, and we and and you and your 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 disciples they don't wash their hands before they eat, and and then he'll go into and say, listen, you're worried about that, but he'll say something like, uh, uh, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him; it's what comes out of a man. Mm-hmm. So when they'll come and say, oh. You know, like when they'll bring a case of adultery, he will say, "Whoever's not seen, cast the first stone." I think when he came in, he was just trying to destroy every hierarchy. So he, the services is where he talks about it as being wrong, and you know, tell people go and see no more. But he was almost like approaching it and saying, "Listen, like." You coming at me saying this person who is fornicating or for instance, I'll come, I'll, I'll come say, but Jesus, you know, Noel is doing this, he's doing this and this, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll turn around and say, yeah, but you also lasting over that woman. So you have no grounds to say that, oh, he's kind of adultery and fornication is worse off because mm-hmm. maybe he's physically in the deed. Whereas for you, you're just mentally conceptualizing all of it. But yeah, you're right. You, the, 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 the the epistles kind of provide more clarity on like they fornication, do. adultery, and all of this. And yeah. that well, adultery was obvious to me, but the fornication was like, well, I love this girl, I want to be with her. Like, what's wrong with that? And I it yeah. didn't click with the gospels. I didn't get that like solid click. So anyway, we 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 were getting closer together in our relationship, and I was you know becoming quite attached to her. I was falling deep in love with this girl, like head over heels, and. Um, I, you know, um, but at the same time, like my love for like the Bible and Christ, like it was growing too. And I remember having this tug of war with her because she was battling uh, some of the biblical truths that that were like, you know, setting home in my heart. And um, I just remember like at 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 the end of it, I knew I would have chosen the Bible over her at the end of the day, but I was really working hard on making it, making sure I got both. 
<laughs> making, I was making sure. Like, like I really like, get on the train. I'm, get get, the train, I'm getting her I'm, on the train, I'm man. Is, the train, exactly man. right. So the Bible's on the train, but you gotta come. You're on getting the on that train no matter what. That was my mentality. But I wasn't shoving it down her throat. But I was contending hardcore, like not in like a super religious way, but in a like, yeah, I just wanted her to see the truth. That yeah. I was seeing, and I wanted to be her to be a part of that truth with me, and um, so some time goes on, and I end up working at a new job, and I kind of put the Bible down for a bit. I got to Acts, and I had trouble reading through the Book of Acts. I got stumped on Acts. I couldn't follow it. I couldn't follow Paul through all these cities. I couldn't. I wasn't able to put it all together. Yeah, it was difficult yeah. for me. And you almost needed to skip the book of Acts and go to yeah, Romans and but but because of like my OCD, like chronological like mentality, I was like, oh, I'm just putting this down now. I just need to rest from this. It was like mentally like mm. Acts was just like it some I don't know, something happened. And now it's one of my favorite books. But I couldn't get through Acts. And then, so I put the Bible down for a bit, maybe a month or two. And then I met a guy at a new job, a young brother. And I remember saying something about Israel. And I remember he responded in a very intelligent manner. And I looked at him and he was much younger than me. And I said, that response wasn't normal. Like you clearly have some understanding in that area. And he said, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I said, oh, I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. He's like, yeah, he's like, I got one right here in my backpack. He like brings his Bible to work and everything. And I'm like, interesting. So we ended up, you know, becoming close on the job site. And, uh, you know, we, we exchanged some details about our life. And I explained to him, mm. I'm, I'm dating this girl and and I'm falling in love with her. And she has a kid, you know, so he's, he's, he's hearing me speak about my lifestyle. And he, and he corrects me out of brotherly love. He says, listen, man, like, I got to share something with you. Like, have you read Galatians? And I said, no, I haven't. And he's like, listen, I'm just going to show you something. Like, you're, you're, you're not living according to, to the ways of Scripture. And I think he, he was concerned whether or not I was born again. And I don't think I, I wasn't at mm -hmm. that time. And he showed me Galatians 5, 19 through 23, where it speaks of the works of the flesh. And when I read that, there was only one word in there that I did not like. I did not like the F word. The F that word. was it. That was the, like, out of all things, I'm like, that has to be in there. It was like, it was like the worst thing I ever to read. Like, I was like, out of all things, like, yeah. you're going to, you're going to hit me on that come on like i was pissed i was like you just like you just rate like you just destroyed everything for me like i was like this joy that i had with christ <laughs> just it was like this scripture rained on my parade it it really did that's how it felt it like just took the joy right out of my heart yeah i'm like this is this is a sin like what what kind of crap is this that's how i felt mm -hmm. like, what is this and um and then after that point, the F word, fornication. Fornication. Yeah. So after that, I, 
I wrestled with that for a while. Like I was ready to toss it all out. Yeah. I was ready to leave Christianity behind or at least be a hypocrite with it. And uh, I think deep down though, even though I didn't want it to be true, I, I, I didn't want it to be true, but I wanted to know if it was true. Hmm. And uh, so I wrestled with that scripture for a while. And um, so I woke up one morning beside, beside my girlfriend. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I knew it was true. I knew fornication was a sin. But even more so, I knew that if I didn't repent from it, if I didn't genuinely change my mind and, and just have genuine repentance in that moment, that if I died of my sins, I'd go to hell. I just knew it. I knew that what that, what that man said to me at that autumn mall that day that led me on the path of Christ, I knew it was true. I just knew it. Mm. And I had that revelation as soon as I opened my eyes it's like I gasped for air and I said I know it's true and I woke her up immediately and I said we're repenting right now like I did not waste any time I shook her awake <laughs> I woke her up like abruptly and said we are repenting now and she's 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 she agreed she's like I, she's like okay sure yeah let's let's do it like celibacy is good like we because she she lived a life of sin too yeah right so she 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 felt the need uh in her spirit for chastity, right? She just, I guess, needed me to like take it, take a bull by the horns. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, that spiritual revelation by the Holy Spirit of God coupled with um, some apologetic facts that I had learned um, during this process of time solidified the faith for me from a, uh, intellectual standpoint historical standpoint and just from a, 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 a an experience through faith and and taking a step in trust i just and it just solidified jesus christ for me like you couldn't you could not you can't convince me like that it's not real all my spiritual experiences um the historical facts the apologetics the 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 god turning my heart in the night literally turning my heart yeah. To understand that like, this is real. Like hell is real. Yes. I, when I'm fornicating, I am the creator God that gave me life, that gave me all things to enjoy. This is going against him. Yes. And that, that, that hit home, right? Like at the end of the day, like no matter how much my flesh desired it, I did not like the idea that, this behavior is going against my God. It just didn't sit well with me. Um, and so I had to repent. I had to change my mind about fornication. Now, did that result in a perfect change of direction? No, but it resulted in that, that direction being taken. Right. Yes. And uh, we fell, we got back up, we fell, we got back up. A month would go by, two weeks would go by, three weeks would go by. We always, I always got back up and said, no, like, no. Oh, I, no. I, I just knew, like, I didn't even know too much about how to get victory at that point, but I knew victory was possible. I just knew it, like, I, I knew it. 
I knew I could get victory over this by, I, I didn't even understand it was by God's power at that point. Mm. I didn't understand that very much. But over time, listening to sermons like David Wilkerson, um, this one preacher from, from India, Zach Poonin, very, very biblical, uh, Holy Spirit-filled, convicting preachers. And I just, I understood how to get victory over sin through these sermons. I didn't yet have a church really that was hmm. grounded, but um, yeah. So, you know, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Yeah. Wow. And, I, and I'm under, beautiful. and I'm under grace. Sin shouldn't have dominion over me if I'm truly under grace. And so I pursued that. I pursued that heavily and uh, I just knew that like life wouldn't be uh, enjoyable until I was walking uh, at a certain level of sanctification with God. Like even though I had just justification of the spirit, like justification, I was justified. If I died, I, I would go to heaven. Um, I still didn't have peace unless I hit a certain level of sanctification with my God mm. and and that created a quite a bit of an extreme behavior in me mm. um, against sin. Like I was like, I was quite extreme with it. Like you get that away from me. Like, but at the same time, I would, I would, I would, my flesh would get the best of me sometimes, and I would fall. But for the most part, it, it, I was quite serious about yeah. my uh, my conviction. So. All of this is happening. Um, I don't think you've told us when was the day. I know you say for you it was after you like okay this the F word. Um, when when did you kind of when was the time it when would you, have, it when born you, again? Yeah, when you're like okay I when think I woke I, up that morning. I I don't know the exact date. I never wrote it down, but it happened. So the. Three years ago, three and a half years ago, December is when I stopped doing the drugs. It would have been the following summer. So this summer, some point in the summer, marks the three-year mark of me being born again. Wow! Yeah. Praise, praise, praise God. God! Right? Yeah. Praise God! I, and and you know, we're definitely gonna have you uh, back on the podcast to talk about all the 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 awesome stuff that oh, that the lord so good that the lord like the good stuff because i feel like uh uh our first sit down has been um kind of going through the dark stuff but yeah you know just to kind of just close it out with some light and absolutely kinda, lots of light there's so much light so much light and 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 just so that people can be like okay you know, I want to hear about this guy, like, where is he and what is he doing? You know, how has his life changed and whatever. Yeah. So we're just kind of going to give them like a, a preview yeah. of, of, of that next sit down. This was episode seven of Noel's testimony and life story. In the next episode, the final episode of this series, Noel shares whether it has been worth submitting his life to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Noel tells us about his new Christian walk thus far, updates on his family, whether he deals with any triggers from his past life, and Noel challenges those who don't know Jesus Christ or 
are still on the fence, to look at his life as a living epistle of what can happen when you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you at the final episode.